No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome back to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where Moses reveals to Israel why God has chosen them. It's not because of their righteousness, but because of the wickedness of the nations they dispossess. We hope you'll join us for this lesson in grace as Pastor Daryl continues in Deuteronomy chapter 9 on Simply the Bible. The longer I've been a Christian, the more I've come to appreciate the amazing grace of God. Life and salvation begin and end with God. And try as I might, I could never be good enough to merit either life or salvation or any other blessing for that matter from God. The greatest gifts of God come by His grace, that is, His unmerited favor. As Moses prepared the children of Israel to go into the Promised Land, he told them that their victory over the enemy would not come from depending upon themselves, but upon relying upon God. We pick it up in Deuteronomy chapter 9. Hear, O Israel, you are to cross over the Jordan today, and go in to dispossess nations greater and mightier than yourself, cities great and fortified up to heaven, a people great and tall, the descendants of the Anakim, whom you know, and of whom you heard it said, who can stand before the descendants of Anak. Therefore understand today that the Lord your God is he who goes over before you as a consuming fire. He will destroy them and bring them down before you. So you shall drive them out and destroy them quickly, as the Lord has said to you. So Moses wanted to prepare them for what they were going to face. They were going to cross over the Jordan River. And as soon as they did, that was the point of no return. Once they crossed that river, they were in enemy territory. They were in the land of the Anakim, the giants. And they would face them. But how would they face them? They would face them not alone, but with the consuming fire of God. The fire that they had seen on Mount Sinai was going before them as their ever-present help. And he would destroy the enemy. And then they would drive the enemy out as God went before them as their helper. And how important it is to remember that, to keep in mind that God goes before us. Whatever challenge, whatever giant, whatever enemy we face, it is the Lord who goes before us, and he is a consuming fire. We don't need to be afraid. We just need to be trusting in him. Verse 4, do not think in your heart after the Lord your God has cast them out before you, saying, because of my righteousness, the Lord has brought me in to possess this land. But it is because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is driving them out from before you. It is not because of your righteousness or the uprightness of your heart that you go in to possess their land, but because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord your God drives them out from before you. Moses knew that it would begin in their heart, thinking that, hey, that's pretty good. I'm pretty good at this stuff. Must be because I'm so righteous. But what a self-deceptive thought that that is. Anytime we begin to rely upon our own self-righteousness, deception is involved. And so Moses wanted to tell them, look, it's not because of your righteousness. 
because you are a rebellious people. It is because of the wickedness of the nations. God is so fed up with the total depravity of these nations of the land of Canaan that he is driving them out. And you're his instrument to do that. And that he may fulfill the word which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God had given a promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that their descendants would inherit this land. And because God cannot lie, he would fulfill his promise. Verse 6, Therefore understand that the Lord your God is not giving you this good land to possess because of your righteousness, for you are a stiff-necked people. Now Moses had already said this. Why is he saying it again? Obviously, he is making the case for grace. That is, the children of Israel were not receiving the promised land because of their merit, but because of God's undeserved loving kindness and his faithfulness to their fathers. I take this as meaning that we also must be constantly reminded of God's grace so that we are not deceived by self-righteousness. Remember, do not forget how you provoked the Lord your God to wrath in the wilderness. From the day that you departed from the land of Egypt until you came to this place, you have been rebellious against the Lord. Now, in one sense, the fact that Israel had such a lousy track record should encourage us all. If God could still choose them and bring them into the promised land despite their rebellion, then there's hope for the rest of us that God will complete his good work in us despite our rebellion and failure. John Newton was a slave trader in the 18th century, but he was converted and became a pastor in England. He wrote the hymn Amazing Grace. And the first line says it all. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. If God's grace is sufficient to save a wretch of a slave trader, then it is sufficient to save you and me. When John Newton was near the end of his life, he died at 82, he said, my memory is nearly gone, but I remember two things, that I am a great sinner and that Christ is a great savior. The 1828 version of Webster's Dictionary defines wretch as a miserable person, one sunk in the deepest distress. We need to remember what wretches we were when Christ saved us and pulled us out of the mire of our sins, all because of his amazing grace. Verse 8, Also in Horeb, you provoked the Lord to wrath, so that the Lord was angry enough with you to have destroyed you. When I went up into the mountain to receive the tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant which the Lord made with you, then I stayed on the mountain forty days and forty nights. I neither ate bread nor drank water. Then the Lord delivered to me two tablets of stone written with the finger of God, and on them were all the words which the Lord had spoken to you on the mountain from the midst of the fire in the day of the assembly. And it came to pass at the end of forty days and forty nights that the Lord gave me the two tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant. Then the Lord said to me, Arise! Go down quickly from here. For your people, whom you brought out of Egypt, 
have acted corruptly. They have quickly turned aside from the way which I commanded them. They have made themselves a molded image. To show how wretched the children of Israel were, Moses reminds them of when he was on top of Mount Sinai receiving the law of God and the Ten Commandments on the two stone tablets. He was with the Lord for 40 days and 40 nights without food or water. Clearly, Moses was sustained supernaturally by God. Meanwhile, the children of Israel were making a golden calf, declaring it to be God who brought them out of Egypt, bowing down before it, and then rising up to indulge in revelry. Verse 13. Furthermore, the Lord spoke to me, saying, I have seen this people, and indeed they are a stiff-necked people. Let me alone, that I may destroy them and blot out their name from under heaven. And I will make of you a nation mightier and greater than they. Now, here we see God acting in justice. He had told them the Ten Commandments, and they had broken the first two. How could he let this grievous sin go unpunished? Yet, the mere fact that he told Moses what he intended to do, rather than just wiping them out on the spot, left the door open for Moses to intercede for them. Of course, God knew that Moses would intercede for them and even placed that desire within him. This is an example of God's mercy triumphing over judgment. Verse 15. So I turned and came down from the mountain. And the mountain burned with fire. And the two tablets of the covenant were in my two hands. And I looked and behold, you had sinned against the Lord your God, had made for yourselves a molded calf. You had turned aside quickly from the way which the Lord had commanded you. Then I took the two tablets and threw them out of my two hands and broke them before your eyes. And I fell down before the Lord as at the first Forty days and forty nights I neither ate bread nor drank water because of all your sin which you committed in doing wickedly in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. For I was afraid of the anger and hot displeasure with which the Lord was angry with you to destroy you. But the Lord listened to me at that time also, and the Lord was very angry with Aaron and would have destroyed him. So I prayed for Aaron also at the same time. Moses spent a total of 80 days without food or water before the Lord. This second 40-day fast was to turn the Lord's wrath away from Israel. And Moses shared these things with them to prove that it was not because of their righteousness that God was bringing them into the promised land, but because of God's grace in pardoning their sin and giving them the good that they didn't deserve. Had Moses not interceded when he did in the way that he did, then the entire nation, including Aaron, would have been destroyed. Now, are we really any different than they were? Haven't we showed the same disregard for the Lord's commandments that they did? Aren't we deserving of the wrath of God for our transgressions? Don't we owe our salvation to the intercession of our high priest, Jesus Christ? It's easy for us to point the finger at the children of Israel and scold them for their failures while we don't recognize our own. To be sure, Israel was a grace case, but then so are we. I'll never forget 
a time when I was working as a young man at our church. And there was a guy I worked with, and we were just sort of opposites. But he was an artist, and I was, well, responsible. And I looked sort of down my nose at him because I felt like he was irresponsible. Didn't show up on time. I couldn't count on him to do things. And one day I had just had it. So I just let loose on the guy and told him everything that I thought about him. And he just looked at me and he said, you know, he goes, you're right. I do struggle with those things, but that's why I know I need God's grace. And that just leveled me. I had nothing to say to that. And I felt like a total jerk because I was thinking, you know what? I need God's grace as much as you do. Maybe even more. Verse 21. Then I took your sin, the calf which you made, and burned it with fire and crushed it and ground it very small until it was as fine as dust. And I threw its dust into the brook that descended from the mountain. By grinding their God to dust, Moses showed them that it was worthless. The golden calf they worshipped was a lie. We don't have to be corrupted by the deceiving idols of this age. We can be transformed through the renewing of our minds. The question is, will we depend upon our own righteousness or upon His grace? How we all need His grace. Amazing grace that saves a wretch like me. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow we'll see where Moses reviews Israel's history with them, including their failures, his intercessions, and the giving of a second set of stone tablets. We hope you'll join us as we continue through the book of Deuteronomy on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.